I'm Graham Mack. Welcome to the Pod 20, the countdown of the most popular podcasts in the world right now. My guest this week is Nikki Bannerman from the Influential Women podcast. Nikki, have you found that the women you've spoken to on the podcast have all had something in common that makes them influential? Well, I think with the broadcasters, I've found that they all have multiple jobs and you know they they multiple streams of income multiple streams and that actually made me think differently that you know to have various passive incomes or things that change or i just thought actually that's quite clever um and maybe people should think differently in that way and i think they'd all been through stuff i mean i remember kirsty young saying she has never interviewed somebody that hasn't failed in something and i just thought really you these are really big you know tom hanks judy dench these are big big people that she's interviewed but they'd all been through bad stuff you know yeah tom hanks had moved home five times as a child with all sorts of drama and you know a lot of them have they've been through issues whether whether they're huge life-changing issues or they're issues that feel huge at the time because you're going through them setbacks they're all going through learning from stuff whether it's work or rejection or failure or anything personal that they've been through they've all been through stuff and that's what all of my guests have had in common in terms of that adversity that they have suffered they've been through something and and that's really why i say this that podcast kicks adversity because they've been through something they've come out the other side they've learned from it they want to share how they've come back from it and that might help others change their mindset their day or even their life the way the way it's changed mine, you know, it really has. The same as yeah. a lot of yours has with you because you just, you think differently or something happens in your own life and you think, oh, I remember this mantra and, yeah. that, and then I come out with all this. I always, I don't read a lot of books right now, although, and the reason is because I, uh, I narrate audio books now. And so if I want to relax, I don't always go to reading because I've been reading well, all no, day. But when I was when I was choosing a book to read and always had a book on the go, it was usually a biography, because I just think you can learn so much. Even though a lot of it, because especially if it's an autobiography, they've sugarcoated a lot of it, uh, with the exception of Eric Clapton's. He came out looking like a terrible person. Eric, oh, no. you ever read Eric Clapton's autobiography? You go, yes. oh, he left well, this band. He left this band right in the middle of this and just went off to Greece and he did this and he let this fella down and he was just, you know, he he stole his best mate's wife, you know, and uh, no. you know, is the only one is like he came out terrible out of his own autobiography. Did, did you not read it? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Um, yeah, but and <laughs> I went through. I went through a phase that I was reading books written by the wives of famous people. So I think oh, it was yes. from the Clapton one. Yes. I thought, oh, I, and I read Patty Boyd's book. Well, then yes. I read read Cynthia Lennon, and then I did Peter Cook's first wife's book about Peter oh, Cook. Oh, interesting. The, I was trying to get Ed Sheeran's wife. And right, yeah, Jamie she'd be Oliver's fascinating. Wife. You know, yes. I think it would be interesting to hear a different perspective on... Well, they know yeah. them in a different way, in a more, you know, obviously more intimate yeah. way. But they know they know the person way. In a, they have a totally different relationship than the public has with them. Is that exactly exactly? Um, no, I yeah. think a lot of people are fascinating, and it, so it's not always the most famous, you know. Because I've had, you know, been very privileged with this podcast or with other where PRs or people are coming to me now asking me to interview people, and and you know to be more selective in terms of 
because there's only so many people you can interview and it's got to be right for the brand as well. So, you know, it's, it's finding the story that seems most interesting as well, or the person. Yeah, and it works. We'll find out where the Influential Women podcast with Nikki Bannerman is on the chart soon. The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio on DAB in the UK, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, Dan Snow's History Hit. Reports from the weird and wonderful places around the world where history has been made. The latest episode is about Shackleton's doomed transantarctic expedition. 19. Behind the Bastards. The worst humans in history. The latest episode is called The Man Who Pioneered Libraries and Sexual Harassment. 18. Distractable. Thoughtful discussions about funny, out there or otherwise interesting stories from everyday life. In the latest episode, the team trades stories about when they've been scammed out of embarrassing amounts of money. 17. Sky News Arabia The podcast from the 24-hour rolling news channel broadcast in the Middle East and North Africa. 16. Folk on Foot Matthew Bannister goes for a walk with folk musicians. One of the team behind it is Owen Ralph. Owen, what exactly is folk music? Yeah, that, that is the... The big question. Um, I've I've shifted a lot in my views on this because um, when I when I was first kind of properly getting kind of obsessively into folk music when I was, um, but well, m- mostly when I was in, in university, really, I was already kind of into it. But I I, I was writing a dissertation on um, folk music and kind of how we Im- imagine it to be. Um, so I always used to take quite a quite a hardline view that it's. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of traditional songs. It's songs where the the, the original author is, is lost to history and it's been passed down orally. Okay. And it, you know, it's, it's all about the material. But I've shifted a lot on that now. I mean, partly because I'm you know, not doing so much academic work. I don't need to be so rigorous in my definitions. Um, but also just because I think it's, it's really unhelpful to draw lines like that when there are so many amazing singer-songwriters out there or, you know, people who do a bit of traditional, a bit of songwriting who, you know, who, who don't necessarily fall into that, that definition of tradition. So there aren't, then, there aren't rules because, you know, Dylan got a lot of hassle in the 60s when he went electric. I mean, yeah. what, what, can you be a folk musician and play electric now? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, mean, okay. although the, I think the people who demonstrate this best is that there's a band called um, False Lights, which is a collaboration of, of two folk musicians, Jim Moray and uh, Sam Carter, and, you know, band around them. And they, they play all kind of traditional songs, but... You know, as a rock band, distorted electric guitars. They, you know, they're properly going for it. Um, wow! Th- in, in, in many ways, that that band just kind of it 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 serves as a as, as a, like a great example of how just how you can't really draw lines around this stuff, right? Because you know, there's the sound and there's the material, and you they they can both go in like very interesting directions. Um, and yeah, as soon as you start to draw boundaries, there are, you always get exceptions and everything gets blurred and blurred until you you don't know what you're looking at anymore. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the northwest of England where up there, folk music was like the Lancashire hand-on-the-ear folk singers mm-hmm. in folk clubs. And they took it very, very seriously. They were very earnest about it. I'm sure they had fun as well, but that was the impression I got. So I was a bit... 
your folk music not into it. But then when I heard about this Dylan thing and they're going, oh, Dylan's folk music. Okay, well, now I see, you know, the early Dylan stuff with just him and the guitar and the harmonica. Okay, so that's folk music. But then I really love blues and blues is folk music too. So does does that mean that Skiffle was folk music? Yeah. Does I that think count? A, a well, I suppose it came from, you know, Lonnie Donegan was the big one. Was he a folk singer? Um, I mean, yeah, again, you could definitely argue it. I mean, my... This is something that we've been talking about a bit lately because um, to, about this time last year, English Folk Expo in um, in collaboration with the official charts company launched the official folk albums chart. Right. Um, and Folk on Foot have been doing a, a monthly chart show of, of the you know, the folk albums chart. And, um, you know, the, the question you have to answer as soon as you do anything like that is what what do we include in this folk albums chart? What is a folk album? Um, and most months really there's a little bit of discussion on twitter about oh should that album have been included should it not um but yeah and it's and that for that show it's just decided by a, a, a panel at the official charts company um but for, for me nowadays it's I, I think of it very much as you know what what could you conceivably have at a folk festival what would make a coherent event yeah and you know as long as as long as you can pull together something which makes sense i think it's and particularly when we're thinking about encouraging younger up-and-coming artists, it's far more beneficial to everyone if we take a, a much more liberal view of what folk music is than trying to close it down and say, no, you're not included. Right. You can't so so that, that militant element that was upset with Dylan going electric, they're not around anymore. Um, there, there, there are still some. Are there? Like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, there's, yeah there's, there's a point to it at, at which it's a, a fair argument where, Someone might say, you know, I'm, I, I, I enjoy someone like Martin Carthy who played, you no, know, he was, uh, he's the father of folk guitar really, you know, since the, the 60s. And he was, and he, he plays traditional songs and he kind of invented the, the guitar style, which a lot of people have mimicked since then. People say, I like that, but I don't like a modern singer songwriter today. And, you know, that is fine. And it's, you know, it's understandable that people want to put kind of, uh, listen to one and not the other and draw a distinction between the two. Yeah. Um, but I, as I said, I don't think that distinction is, is helpful for, for the, the, the industry in general and for supporting younger artists. Yeah. Cause there's a couple of people, you know, massive in the, in the comedy world that got their start in folk, obviously Billy Connolly with the humble bombs and, uh, Mike Harding as well was a folk singer, probably still is. And yeah. they, they went to comedy. So it can't be full of totally serious people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been the breeding ground for so many big comedians. Yeah. And, I mean, Mike Harding has always, um, I mean, he used to do the, the folk show on Radio 2. He and did, he's yeah. got his own folk podcast. And I, I think he's he's someone who is great at, at supporting a, a, a really wide range of of what what, you, what some people may or may not call folk music. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's been great for championing people like that. Yeah. And Folk on Foot is at number 16 this week on the Pod 20. 15. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. 14. Freakonomics Radio. The hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Episode 493 is called Why Does the Most Monotonous Job in the World Pay $1 Million? 13. Sips, Suds and Smokes. Everything good in life is worth discussing. 
Wine, tea, coffee, whiskey, beer, cigars, barbecue, people whose first names start with a Q, ex-Amish, the state of Alabama, roadkill, and Canadians. 12. Weekend. Celebrity interviews, lifestyle features and opinions from The Guardian's most popular columnists. 11. Fairy Meadow from BBC Radio 4. In 1970, three-year-old Cheryl Grimmer was taken from an Australian beach. No one knows what happened. 52 years on, can the mystery be solved? 10. The Jordan B. Peterson Podcast. Enlightening discourse that will change the way you think. 9. Hidden Brain. Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behavior. 8. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So, he started a podcast to fix that. 7. The Influential Women Podcast with Nikki Bannerman. Nikki, you also do the Sound Women Podcast. What else are you up to? Oh, well, I have got a couple of podcasts up my sleeve, actually. That I really? Yeah, yes. Yes, I've been asked to host two, actually, yes. uh, series that are uh, potentially coming out. So, um, Well, tell us more. On the horizon. I can't quite at the moment, but the, there's, uh, there's going to be yeah, some interesting things happening on that. But the um, host, yeah, hosting, presenting uh, some new podcast series. So that will be really interesting. I'll let you know as soon as I can take any embargoes yes, off that. Yes, please do. And I want to do, I've started doing a life empowerment coaching course in lockdown one. So I'd like yeah, to finish yeah. that because everything, life got in the way. Didn't finish that. I'd like to, I'd like to write a book one day actually, Graham. Um, what about? Uh, well, all of these sort of, you know, what I've gleaned from all these people and life hacks and things that are sort of to pay it forward sort of stuff. Um, and I'd like to, someone's asked me to do a course in Australia. You've worked in Australia as well, haven't you? Um, yeah. Asked me to do a course. So I thought an online course would be good. That's the passive income again from yes. from the broadcaster tip. Something that pays you while you sleep is my, yeah. is my next uh, <laughs> idea. So I've always got millions of ideas. It's just, uh, and I've got a new passion for property and interiors and stuff like that as well. So. I'm always trying to think of the next thing. Wow, you're going to need more time. You're going to have to. I you're going to have to write. A, you're going to have to read a book or listen to a podcast on how to survive on less sleep. Exactly. Oh <laughs> yes, that's what we need to do to, get, to create. But I think we're never going to have as much time as we've got now, and there's still not enough time, is there? So you just think. So we've just got to choose. I think we just have to choose the projects that we can work on now and be kinder to ourselves. You know, to just think. Okay, I started that lockdown one, but you know. Had a few other things got in the way, including some life-saving surgery last year, just thrown into lockdown too. What was that? <laughs> I had an appendix actually that just, I just thought, you know, just thought I wasn't feeling great. I thought I'd got coronavirus actually, but um, no, they actually uh, suddenly went to the doctor. They put me straight into surgery uh, at the hospital in lockdown too. And they said, we can only operate life-saving surgery. So I'm like, that's fine, you know. Can I go home, please? And they said, no, that means you are being operated. I was like, what the heck? So um, that was a bit of a chat. So that put my online um, life empowerment t 
to the back burner a bit. Yeah, put everything so in the perspective, just, I would have well, thought. Well, it does, actually. Well, it does in, you know, all of this has in in lockdown. It's made us all think tomorrow isn't promised and certainly wasn't for me that last July. Um, so you have to find the joy in today. And it sounds really sort of, yes, out there, doesn't it? But it's just those, honestly, when you, I read a quote and I love cheesy quotes with all this. They say, if you find joy in the little things, when you look back, you'll find that the, the little things were actually the big things. And I think that's so true though, isn't it? We're all yeah. so busy trying to impress ourselves, impress everyone, you know, be the perfect everything or whatever. But actually it's just those moments with friends, with loved ones, with work, with, you know, humor, with having some fun, whatever, that those are the special things we remember, aren't they? Yeah. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not, the big stuff, you look at the way Adele writes from the heart and all the stuff she's been through yeah, and how she yeah. wants everyone to listen in the right order because of what she's been through, you know. Everyone thinks she's got the perfect life and she obviously hasn't because it's all, you know, it's all out there. It's very That's the thing with social media, isn't it? You, you don't tend to uh, share the really miserable, heartbreaking stuff. You You share, you know, these pictures of your fabulous holiday, if you, if you manage to Exactly. Travel. Is you know, that people, people do the perfect this and everything's perfect and then everyone else feels less than perfect <laughs> and not enough because they're not as perfect. And then you think, actually, none of it's true anyway, is it? So, uh, <laughs> so I don't bother with Facebook and everything now. It's, yeah. uh, it, none of us have got the perfect life. So, But we find joy in every day is what we need to do. Grateful for 20 things every day. Yes, joy in the madness. <laughs> the Influential Women podcast is at number seven this week on the pod 20. At six, smartless, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett connect people from all walks of life. Five, my favourite murder with Karen Gilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. Karen and Georgia tell each other their favourite tales of murder and hear hometown crime stories from friends and fans. Four, stuff you should know. If you've ever wanted to know about Champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks, then look no further. Josh and Chuck have you covered. 3. Crime Junkie If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you found your people. 2. The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett And at number 1... Trojan Horse Affair. I happened to be in Birmingham, England one night when this journalism student came up to me at an event. He was talking fast, like I might walk away any second. It was a tsunami that hit Birmingham. Birmingham does not get national attention. It was a circus, mate. I can't even describe to you. His name was Hamza Syed, and he wanted help on his first ever story about a mystery in Birmingham, his hometown, that no one had ever solved. It had begun a few years earlier when news of a strange letter exploded in the press. A leaked letter outlining a plot by hardline Muslims. The letter looked to be... Well, Hamza, you want to explain this part? The letter looked to be a secret communique between Islamic extremists who'd been infiltrating the city's schools in a supposed plot called Operation Trojan Horse. The letter was bizarre, unsigned, incoherent, badly Xeroxed, yet still, it sparked one of the biggest school scandals in British history. Government investigators descended on Birmingham 
the country beefed up its counter-terror policy. By the time it all died down, schools were revamped, teachers lost their jobs, some people were banned for life from education. The fallout has been huge. Prime Minister David Cameron, as we said, is calling a special meeting of the government's extremism task force. The former head but what I always found suspicious about this whole affair is that this dodgy letter suggesting extremists were taken over our schools. Nobody ever found out who wrote it or why. Remarkably, none of the investigators even tried. So I convinced Brian Reed over here that we should go for it. Is this about to be the first radio interview you've ever done? Yeah. <laughs> Hamza and I spent years running this down. I'll give you a clue. Who is the letter defending is the question you have to answer. But figuring out who wrote the Trojan horse letter. I didn't write it. I don't know who wrote it. What my job to find out who wrote it? I'm not the author of the Trojan horse letter. That was only the first mystery we were up against. It started to seem like officials knew more than what they were letting on, all the way from a local primary school to the highest levels of British government, and that Hams and I were poking at something that people did not want to talk about. Can you give us a bit of details about that situation? No. It is particularly important that I don't. She answered, and she just immediately started saying, I'm busy, I'm busy, and started trying to shut the door on me. You look a little confused. It's just a very unusual line of questioning. Why? I can't talk to you it's about... Why can't you talk about that? You Sorry. That. You're leaving us? You're waving us goodbye? From Serial Productions and The New York Times, I'm Brian Reed. And I'm Hamza Syed. It's The Trojan Horse Affair, a mystery in eight parts that a lot of people don't want you to hear. Hey, I just got a letter threatening an injunction. Bring in here, buddy. We are in trouble. The Trojan Horse Affair, number one this week on the Pod 20. And that's it for episode 94. Thanks to this week's guests, Nikki Bannerman and Owen Ralph. Next week, my guest is Don Chambers from the In Radio podcast. In the meantime... You can watch extended video chats with my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will your favourite make it to number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, on Fridays at 5pm and across the weekend on podcast radio. And influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.